0: traditions are bad. Sometimes we need to be reminded of what church really is. A lot of times we've made church something that it was not really meant to be, but the truth of the matter is that this is what church is. That God gave his son for us. That whosoever believe on him will not perish, but have everlasting life. I don't know who you are in here. I don't know what you've done or what you've been through, but I've come to let you know That Jesus died for you, he hung on that cross, and not only did he hang on that cross, he saw your name, he knew your name. How do I know? Because Romans 5 and 8 said, and God showed his love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You may have done something last night or on the way to this church, but I've come to let you know that the enemy cannot hold you bound. If you will give your heart to Jesus, David said, though my sins be as scarlet, he can make them white as snow. We have the only Savior and the only God that can wash away sins. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'm a little shaky today, and uh, but we're thankful to God for what he's done and what he's going to do in our life. How many of you just glad to be here in the house of God? Give God a hand clap of praise. We'd like to welcome all of you who come every week. Those of you who are out and still watching online, even when some can't make it, they watch it online, to our online family, those who are listening and uh, from different places, believe it or not, in Jamaica and in Uganda and different places and all over the United States, we have friends that are listening to us and commenting to us. Guys, your family extends well beyond these four walls. Why don't you give God a hand clap and welcome them in today? <laughs> to all of you, if it's your first time, we'd like to welcome you to Encounter Church and I'd like to tell you welcome home. Welcome to Encounter Church where our first goal is to what? Reach the lost and to teach the found and to change the world one life at a time. Today we are in the book of James. We're in a Bible book today. Uh, and, and we're in the book of James and we're looking at a true faith series and we're starting at the book of James chapter one, verse 19. And I'm praying that, that, that you come with your ears ready to hear what the Lord has to say. If they'll get that up on the screen, James chapter one, verse 19, as, as I'm going to go ahead and start reading and as they get that up there, you can go ahead and hop in and read with me in concert. It says this, my dear brothers take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Let's read that again. I think all of us need to hear that in today's age. Let's, let's read that again. They pulled it up on the screen, and they, they pulled it down, but that's okay. Let's read. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. This last two verses. I like these. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless religion that God Our father accepts as pure and faultless hmm, is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And our theme scripture for today is going to be verse 19. I think we need to read that till we get that down in our spirit. Let's read it one more time. Do you mind reading it with me? Let's read one more time. Say this to yourself. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. From this scripture, other related scriptures, and the whole, aid of the Holy Spirit, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's time to listen up. You may be seated in the presence of God. God, speak your servants. Listen, we give you all the praise and the glory. It is for you that we live, breathe, exist, and have our being. Have your way and this place, let your word manifest in our hearts and bless us richly that we may live the life that you're calling us to live in Jesus name. Somebody shout, listen up. <laughs> listen, that's a word that we often see, but we rarely do. I won't bring up the exact, the the exact implication, but this week I was asleep and my wife ran into the room, something something wild happened on television and I was asleep and I wasn't really worried about it. But my wife said something crazy just happened. You've got to see what happened. And I said, I'm asleep. I don't care what happened. And I rolled back around and I went to sleep. But when I woke up, I went to YouTube and I couldn't look on my Facebook channel because everybody wanted to get a jump on the current events of the day. Everybody wanted to talk about what was happening in popular culture. Everybody wanted to talk about what was happening at the Oscars. Everybody wanted to get their word out. And that's uh, something that we see commonly today in, in today's world, in social media. Everybody's in the need to be, first to be what? heard. We have social media influences. Everybody wants to get their opinion out about what they think and how they view things and things like that. As a matter of fact, we want to opine about every single thing. Have you ever noticed that we can't go to the grocery store unless we're tweeting about what we're eating? We can't eat food unless we're wanting to tweet. We have become consumed about telling people everything but never listening to what anybody has to say. And as Paul, as James is talking to us about true religion, he begins to give us these nuggets and you would ask yourself, what does this have to do with religion and listening and talking and speaking? It's because I don't know if you know it or not. But Christianity is a relational fellowship. The Christianity is a fellowship of relationships. If you go through Exodus chapter 20 and you start to look at the Ten Commandments, the first five commandments are about our relationship to God, the next five are about our relationship to each other. Jesus even goes so far as to say, How can you say that you love me, who you've never seen, and you hate your brother, who you see every day? What Jesus is saying is, If you're going to be a Christian, relationships matter. If you're going to be a cra- uh, a Christian, what happens to you should be important to me. What you're going through should be important to me. What you're facing should be important to me. It, the Bible goes so far as to say to rejoice with those who are rejoicing, to weep with those who weep, and to mourn with those who mourn. That's the beauty of communion because not only does the communion let us know about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but it also lets us know that there are other believers out there like us who believe the same thing and that you are not alone. That you don't have to go through life feeling like you're alone. You don't have to go through life feeling like nobody understands what you're going through. You don't have to go through life feeling like you're singled out and that no one will ever understand. I hear the word of the Lord saying, for we have not a high priest that cannot understand our infirmities and weaknesses. But he was in all points tempted as we were yet without sin. What does that mean in plain English, Pastor? It means that Jesus came down and became God incarnate and he's experienced what he needs to experience. So there's nothing that we go through that on some level our God does not understand. He understands, what it's like to be hungry. He understands, what it's like, to be thirsty. He understands, what it's like, to be tempted. He understands, what it's like to be sad. He understands, what it's like to cry. He understands, what it's like, to experience anger. He understands, all of these things. And as Christians, we should be able to understand those things, for our brothers and sisters who are going through, but the truth of the matter is, most of our time is not spent, listening, it's spent talking. (laughs) James is giving us some tools this morning to help us thrive as a Christian community because the art of listening is one of the most important and powerful tools on the planet. (laughs) As believers, how we communicate matters. Most of us, when we have marital troubles or whatever the case may be, you'll say, we can't communicate. And always we're saying that the other person is not what? listening. In other words, I'm trying to get something over to you, but you're not understanding what I'm trying to say. But have we ever stopped to ask ourselves, are we seeking to understand or simply to be understood? That relationships work both ways. It's not just what we emote out and what we release from our hearts and our minds for other people to disseminate, but it is also us caring enough to listen to some else. One of the most powerful ministries that you could ever have when somebody goes through a situation, it's called the Ministry of Presence. It's a it's, it's a real ministry, and most people wouldn't like that ministry because it's a behind-the-scenes ministry, and it doesn't require us being out front. It doesn't require us jumping up and down. It doesn't require us laying hands on people. It requires us walking into a room of a suffering person and sitting there and never saying anything at all. But simply being available for somebody to pour their heart out. Simply being available for somebody to listen. Why is this important? Because we have a relational God. And if we're going to live in the image of God, we have to learn to communicate how he communicates. Why? Because all we do is talk to God and expect him to what? Listen. But how many times is God talking to us and we can't hear what he's saying because we're too busy talking? Listening is important for us. And James says not only should we be listening, but we should be quick to listen. In other words, a linchpin of our communication is active listening. Why is active listening important? Because active listening means that you're intentional. It means that you're leaning forward and you're understanding what somebody says. You want to know how to stop 90% of marital fights is just by simply leaning forward and saying, so what you're saying is this. And what nine times out of 10, what that person will say is, no, that's not what I'm saying at all, because what they are communicating is not what you heard. And if you just run off and jump off the handle off of what they said, you can be jumping up and down and screaming about something that is really inconsequential. Everybody say, so what you're saying is this. And what you're saying is, I care enough to clarify what you're saying. I care enough to see what's on your mind. Because when you practice active listening, it communicates several things. One is that I'm interested in your thoughts. Is it not Ephesians that tells us that we should esteem our brothers more highly than we esteem ourselves in other words that the life of Christianity should be the life of service and that we should put other people's needs before our needs sometimes that does not mean that we neglect ourselves but Christianity is not a selfish religion but it is a selfless religion it is a faith that says that because my father gave his only begotten son for me that I have enough love that I'm going to give to you, and sometimes it's just not about me. Sometimes it's about what you're going through. Sometimes it's about what you need. Most of you know I I have the art. I can talk if I need to talk. I'm not scared to talk. I'm not scared to hold a conversation. But do you know some of the most impactful conversations I have with a member? I hardly ever get into words, and it's on purpose. Because I'm letting them get out what's on their heart. I'm letting them get out what's on their mind. What I'm communicating to them is you are important to me. What I am communicating to them is I value you as a person and as a creation of the most high God. You have worth and you have value and I value the relationship that I have with you. So I'm more interested in you than I am myself. <laughs> We're so selfish sometimes in our modern, my, our modern, modern types of world. Why? Because we've created a word called the selfish. And all we do is go around to different places. (laughs) Nothing wrong with memorializing things. But it is amazing that most times when we're on social media, it's all about us. But if you really want a true, rich life that God is calling you to have, it's not about you. True joy comes in serving other people. True joy comes in helping other people. True joy comes in caring about other people. And it means that we should be active listeners in the body of Christ. It said that you should be quick to hear. Quick to listen. Intentional about your listening. And not only should you be quick to listen, you should be slow to what? Slow to anger, that's a good one. That's in there. And slow to the anger and slow to speak. Why? Have you ever said something and spoke too soon and realized what you thought you were saying? Wasn't really what you thought you were saying. You went to church years ago uh, and, and you realized that that sister so-and-so, she just doesn't like me. She's always got a nasty attitude. And every time she sees me, she's frowning. And you find out years later that she suffered from some kind of chronic pain or some kind of chronic migraine. And you have built a case in your head for something that really wasn't there. And you went around telling people, they just don't like me. They have a problem with me. And they weren't thinking about you at all. Had you done what James said, you might have taken the time to go listen to what was going on in her life, and instead of making her uh, an imaginary enemy, you might have become a prayer partner and a friend. Seek to understand and not to be understood. That's why I love the faith. That's why I love being a Christian because there is no more rich point in life when you can be there for somebody who's hurting, somebody that needs you. Do you not know whether you have little or much? Uh, you, you, I don't care what your socioeconomic status is. I don't care where you come from. Everybody experiences pain. Everybody experiences loss. Everybody experiences hurt. And if we don't learn to listen, we will speak on things and cause more harm than good. Brother Dave, Brother Mark, y'all can go ahead. They're working with me today. They're preaching with me today. Listening. Everybody repeat this after me. Listening is ministry. Say that again. Listening is ministry. We equate listening many times not with ministry, because we equate ministry with things people are saying and with things they're doing, but the whole point of ministry is service. And if we don't learn to listen, a lot of times, come down on the, on the floor guys, I want them to see, I want them to get the effect, that if we don't listen, or if we are not Listen to Dr. Martin Luther King said this. And why does James say that we shouldn't be slow to anger? Because when you are not heard, you feel what? Angry. You feel frustrated. And what James is saying is, number one, you need to be quick to listen, slow to speak. And if you don't feel like you're being heard properly, you should be slow to anger because you just might say something in anger that's just like a balloon. God, let go of your anger. See those words flying in the air that when they go outside and they release these, once they go up, you can never what? You can never get them back. Once you once you go out and say I never liked you or I never should have married you or or you get on my nerves or I'm sick of you or you just like your daddy or you just like your mama or you're never amounting anything and you make me sick out of anger, you let that go. And no matter how many times you say you're sorry, you can't get it back. Whoever has the resentment balloon, let that go, Lamar. Because when you don't feel like you're hurt, you become resentful. And you'll say, I really haven't ever gotten over what you did to me. And I can't forgive you for what you did to me. You know what you did to me. And you never said you're sorry. I hope you're right. But once you let it go, you can't get it back. Sometimes people attack out of fear. Let that last balloon go, God. But once you let them go, you can't get them back. Some people are are, are, are regretting type people. Lamarck has the last balloon. I regret that I even had you. Some children are dealing with father wounds and mother wounds from parents that told them, I wish I'd have never had you. I wish you were never born. Or some spouses are hurting because some spouses told them, I wish I'd have never married you. Sometimes they'll bring up little sneaky things about people they used to date and say, see how good they're doing? And things like that. And they're sneaky saying, I should have married them. And so you let that go, Lamar. You need to let that go for a Snatch. snatcher. <laughs> but once you let them go, you can't get them back. James is going to talk to us about words. Guys, you can leave those up there for a second. You can be seated. Give them a hand, guys. That's why Dr. King said that language riots are the language of the unheard. Because when people feel like they're overlooked, when they feel like they're marginalized, when they feel like they're not understood, it builds up frustration and anger. And sometimes you could stop somebody from doing something really, really bad just by being a listening ear. You don't have to say anything. Just listen. James is telling us in verse 20, he's saying when you don't feel heard, anger is never the proper option. When we are angry, we say things that we don't mean, and we release things that are destructive. And when we are offended, we offend. Hurt people hurt people. That's why you have to be careful. I have a friend, and he often says, if somebody asks him something, he'll say, wait, let me pray before I say And it sounds catchy, but what he's really saying is, whatever I say, I'm not going to be able to put back in. So let me stop and think about what I say before I say it. How many fights could have been avoided in our homes? And how much richer could our marriage be? How many wounds would we have to not undo in our spouse's hearts if we prayed before we thought about what we were going to say? How many relationships and friendships will still be here if we learn to pray before we say, how juicy is gossip? How easy is it to worry about what celebrities are doing? How easy is it to worry about what politicians are doing and, and talk about them like they have no worth of value. But have you ever thought about something? They have children and friends and feelings too. so maybe before we put our mouth on somebody we should really try to learn to listen to where they're coming from make sure we understand where they're coming from james is essentially telling us To abandon our way of doing things. Verse 21 says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. He's saying adopt doing it God's way. It's so easy to do it the way of the world because you have so many examples to follow. But he's saying, take the time and learn it God's way, and as we mature in the faith, we should find ourselves more and more submitting to God's word. What do I mean? You might leave here and not do what I told you to do, but at the end of the day, don't give up just because you messed up. Remember that I'm going to get back up. The Bible said that a righteous man falls seven times. That means he's continually falling, but what makes him righteous is that he gets back up again. This is not meant to condemn you. It's meant to make you think. And James is letting you know that you have to reject the world in order to grab hold of God. Today, people are confused. Why? Because the church wants people so bad. We tell them they can have both. We tell them, come on in. You can keep the world and God too. And that's unfair to them because that's not true. Jesus says, come out from a monk. You don't have to become a hermit and start dressing all weird and acting all funny, but you're going to be a peculiar person. James is saying if you're gonna live true faith, that means sometimes your behavior is going to seem peculiar to people. Why? Because the Bible says that you are a peculiar people. You're not normal. Normal is not good. If you want normal, don't you realize that in America, normal is not being able to have $400 to pay for an average emergency. Normal is broken America. Normal is looking good, but not really being good. So do you really want to be normal? Normal in the world is looking like you have it all together. But the Bible says, Jesus said it this way, what profit a man to gain the whole world? What profit to just fit in? But not only has he called us to listen up, everybody say listen up, up. but number two, James calls us in this passage to live out. (laughs) See, a lot of us like to do either or. We like to get full on the word. I call it spiritually fat. We eat a lot of the word. We'll show up to church. We'll pray. We'll read our Bibles, but we don't do anything with it. We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. Then some of us, we don't do, we, 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 we're the complete polar opposite. We'll do a few things. We'll give to people to feel good, but we don't spend any time in devotion. We don't spend any time in prayer. And this is the problem, that if you come and you listen to everything I say, it's not any power in what I say, but only in the word of God. But everybody said the word will, will work if you put it to work. The problem is, James says this, verse 22. Guys, can you pull up James 1 and 22 on the screen? I want you to read that with me. What did it say? Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it, what? said. Go back to verse twenty-two. I want us to read that again. Faith cometh by hearing. We need to hear that. Go back to James in one twenty-two. They're on one and twenty-three. Let's read it together. It says, "Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says." Somebody says, "Stop fooling yourself." Now point to yourself and say, "I need to stop fooling myself." It does no good to know the Bible if you won't do what it said. It does no good to know the word of God if you won't apply it to your life. God's word is full of abundant blessings. He told the children of Israel, I'm setting before you my law. I'm setting before you life and death, blessings and cursings. There's life in the word of God. Why would we ever choose death when we have the option to choose life? And he's saying, don't just listen to it. There's healing in my word. Don't just listen to it. Walk in it. Don't just listen to the word. Don't just come and say, man, that was a riveting sermon. I hope you said that. You might not. (laughs) But put it to use. See how it will work in your life. Write notes down. Go back home and pull this up on YouTube or on Counter360.org or or on Facebook or, or, or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, wherever you want. We're everywhere. There's no reason that you can't get the word. Go out and get it wherever you like to get your information. Go back and listen to it again because we should be quick to what? Listen. Lord, I need to listen to what you're saying. I know I just heard what was going on in the, in the service and I listened to what he was saying, but Lord, my phone went off and I got a little distracted. Let me go back and see if what I heard was really what I what? Heard. Let me be quick to listen. And before I give my opinion on what I heard, let me listen to what your word said. James is saying, live your faith out loud. When we do not apply the word to our lives, we rob ourselves of the benefits of a seed that is planted. We should start at some point to see the fruit of God's word in our life. At some point in time. My goal is not to preach you so you get happy. My goal is to preach you and so I can see the benefits of the word working in your life. We don't do this just because we like to do it. We do it because we want to see change in your life. I do it because I want to see joy in your life. I do it because I want to see peace in your life. I do it because I want to see deliverance in your life. And the only way that's going to happen is not from you just listening to what I say, but doing what the word. Said the word will work if you put it to work. He says, anybody who does not listen, who listens and doesn't do it, is like a man looking in the glass, walking away from that glass and forgetting what he even looked what he even saw. Can you imagine that? Walking to a mirror, seeing yourself, walking five feet away, and saying, What do I look like again. But that's what we look like sometimes in Christianity. We walk in a church and we see a lot of Christians, so we know how to look like Christians. But as soon as we lose, leave the church, we lose our identity. Ooh, Jesus. And we say, what do we look like? What do I look like again? He's saying, don't just listen to it. Do what it says. Verse 26, I'm almost done. If anybody considers himself religious, but yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, deceives himself. That's that word again. Deception comes from who? The enemy. So if we are listening to the word, showing up at church and not doing what the word says, we're allowing the enemy into our lives. If we can't keep a tight ring on our tongue, if every time somebody say something, we got to what they call clap back. We're allowing the enemy to deceive us. We're not growing like we think we need to grow. And God has a better place for you. This is an encouraging word. Some may look at this and say, oh, my God, I have so much work to do. But you know why that's good? Because if you were completely lost, you wouldn't think anything at all. You think you were okay. But the fact that you can feel conviction in your heart means I'm alive, which means that God is speaking to me, and he loves me, and he's trying to get me to a different level than I'm at. He wants so much more for me, and I want to have as much for me that he wants me to have there's so much that Jesus wants you to have. So much peace and love and joy. Then he says real religion is taking care of widows and infants. What is he saying? Your faith is not your faith if you're the only person involved. I repeat that again. Your faith is not your faith if you're the only person involved. Dr. Tony Evans put out something one day and I thought it was intriguing. He said, most people say, I don't have to go to church to be saved. And he said, that's true, but you also don't have to go home to be married, but that would affect your relationship a pretty good bit. Your faith is not your faith if you're living it alone. God has called us to community. God has called us to fellowship. How can we serve people if we're not in a fellowship of believers to serve? Somebody, God, the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart right now, saying that I need to be connected. It's time for me to connect. He wants you to connect. He doesn't want you just to come and just sit. He wants you to be involved. That doesn't mean be a busybody, but that means have connection, have somebody in your fellowship that you can relate to. I don't see anybody I can relate to. Relate to Robin. Robin relates to everybody. She's a very relatable person. You know why? Because Robin can listen a lot. Relates to Terry. Terry relates pretty good. You can relate to Lamar. You talk to him all day. He won't say anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best friend in the world to have if you're going through something. Brother Dave. Brother Dave will just look at you and smile. He might say that's the dumbest thing you could ever say in his mind, but you'll never know it. <laughs> he just keeps on smiling and says, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> you need great people like that this church is filled with great people like that God is calling us to listen up to be concerned about something besides our you were created for something greater than yourself Robin and I took the kids over to the creation museum this weekend we took them to see the ark And when we walked up and drove up to the Ark, it was a replica of the Ark, of Noah's Ark. I would never seen a boat that big in my entire life. All built out of wood. It was huge. It was gigantic. And when we went to the Creation Museum, I was amazed at how big and beautiful They had made the temple, the the pictures of the temple, and how big and massive it really was. Why? Because when they were worshiping God, they made it. Solomon made it big and beautiful. And when Herod came back later and made it, he made it big and beautiful. Why did they do that? Because what they were trying to get across to you psychologically is that you are worshiping something much bigger than yourself. You're not alone. God is with you. He's called you to community. He's called you to fellowship. I challenge you this week, to become an active listener. Practice listening. See how hard it is. Let's be honest. Do you know how hard it is to listen? I tell you what you do. If you're married, how many married couples we got in here? Challenge your married couples. I need you to get prayed up, and I want you to say, I want you to write down everything that's on your heart that I'm doing that's bothering you. And we're going to sit down, and I'm going to listen to everything you have to say. I'm not going to make a defense. I'm not going to make an excuse, and I'm not going to say a word. I can see Miracle I ain't doing that. (laughs) (laughs) But do you know how healing that is? That somebody can release to you and say, you caused me pain. I'm not really interested in you trying to defend yourself. I just need to let you know what's in my heart. God cares about what's in yours. So if you merit them, shouldn't you care about what's in theirs? Is this message helping anybody today? This isn't the normal jump up and down shout message. No, I'm not going to jump at all. I'm not going to run. My The decibel level of my voice is never reaching above this today. <laughs> because I don't want you to be distracted by my movement. I want you to. Let's stand. When you listen up, you'll go up. When you start to work on how you listen and put other people before you, you'll find that your relationships will become richer and you will go up, that your joy will become richer and you'll go up. Some of us are miserable because we don't take the time to be involved in anybody else besides ourselves. And that's not God's plan or purpose for your life. Let us pray. God, we thank you. God, I thank you for this solemn moment that we have taken to do your communion and to have a fellowship with you, Jesus. I thank you for this word that is penetrating our hearts and encouraging us to become better listeners. Something that we in Western culture don't do very well, to be honest and transparent, God. Teach us and help us to do it better. To care more about our friends and our loved ones and to share the love of christ just through the art of listening let us be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to anger and let us always remember that our relationship with you is not just a singular relationship but it's connected to how we treat others it's connected to how we love others And Lord, let us shine your light through how we listen to and love one another. May all men know that we are your disciples by the love that we have one for the other. And we'll be careful to give you the praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. As Brother Dave comes and they they pull up.